Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to move tonight, and we start the whole fucking thing off. Help me, anything move, we knock out. Let's go. Don't play intramurals, brother. But they are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? talking about practice what's going on people all right i want to welcome all, all of you to another week of zone coverage on t2q my name is q this is my podcast and on zone coverage we talk sports mainly the nfl but we get down with some boxing some nba college football whatever else that may pop up in the sporting world but without further ado, let me welcome on two of my show legends. I got the homie Eminem in the bold new city of Jackson, Mississippi. Eminem, what's happening? Hey, what to do, Q? All right. And the homie Buck, representing the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. What's going on, Buck? What's going on? All right. No time to lollygag. Let's get straight to the body bag. New England 35, the Giants 14. Uh, New England ups their record to six and zero. The Giants fall to two and four. And this game was, you know, twenty-one to fourteen at halftime. But you never really felt like the Giants were going to be much of a threat to New England. New England held the Giants to ten first downs, uh, two hundred and thirteen total yards, forced four turnovers, and outpossessed them by nineteen minutes. Daniel Jones was 15 of 31, 161 yards, a touchdown, three interceptions, a sack. Um, John Hilleman had 11 carries for 38 yards and a fumble. Golden Tate went for 6, 102, and 1, so he was the only bright spot on the Giants' offense. On the flip side, Tom Brady was 31 for 41, 334, no touchdowns, an interception, and he was sacked three times and fumbled. Uh, twice and lost one of them. Sonny Michelle had 86 yards rushing and Julian Edelman nine catches for 113. Uh, Eminem, talk about the Giants. Um, you know, it was a close game for the first half and everything, but do you believe in Daniel Jones? Do you think that once they get Saquon back, then, you know, they can actually be a threat in the NFC East to maybe uh, get back into the mix as far as a division race? Uh, I actually do. But that's the thing, though. I, I think it's one of those things, like, the way I see the Giants now is pretty much the formative years of the Rams. This year's, not this year's Rams, but the New Age Rams. Like, you remember how uh, 
when golf kind of came on the scene, it wasn't what he was doing so much, but everything, but with a healthy Ty Gurley, right, kind of taking all the pressure, gave him trying to time to mature into the offense or whatever, and get comfortable. I think that's what um, that's what this this not this year's Giants team, but I think eventually that's what's going to happen with the Giants. I think they got a winning formula actually. You know, as long as Saquon can stay healthy, because um, you know. Nothing helps. Two things I always say help a, a young quarterback is either a uh, and this is really a, 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 a old school formula that that Buck very familiar with because that's what Pittsburgh used to do. You know they really didn't give a damn who the quarterback was because the focus was so much on good defense that you don't really have to put all that pressure on the quarterback. They can just kind of grow into themselves, or you can have a killer running game. And let the quarterback grow into themselves. But either one is good. Uh, the Giants on defense, eh, you know, it ain't the worst. But you know, it's it's a lot of improvement. But on offense, with say with a healthy Saquon, man, all they got to do is just really just uh, hand the damn ball off, and uh, you know, let Daniel Jones, which is so much younger and healthier than Eli, just kind of keep him afloat. It almost looked like. The, it would almost look go back to the Tiki Barber years, and uh, of course they don't have a star on defense like Strahan was. But you know, Eli was Eli by name from Ole Miss, and we knew of him, you know, with the Manning name and all that. But it wasn't so much what he was doing. It was just like, hey, changing of a guard. Uh, you kind of let this new quarterback with a high upside kind of grow into everything. So that's that's what I see Daniel Jones doing, man. You know, okay. I think he's definitely going to be the quarterback of the future there. I mean, they'll be happy if he compares to Jared Goff and if they start to have that type of success. And But as far as um, New England is concerned, the defense is one of the best defenses we've come across in a long time. But Tom Brady just doesn't seem right. I mean, he's still good, but he still don't seem to be Tom Brady yet. Well, he, he is nursing some injuries. Um of course, they're keeping that kind of under wraps. But if you're an AFC guy, you know these things. Um, they've been holding him out of practices. Um, he's practiced some last week, but not as much as he normally does. You know, he's been knocked around a lot this season. And, um, you know, he's just, you know, I think it, the age is catching up with him. Um, you know, the, him fumbling the ball is very uncharacteristic. Brady. Um, the defense is definitely keeping them in the games. And, um, you know, defense scoring, you know, and Brady's now starting to start off slow now in these, in these games. And it's taking him until the second half to kind of get his feet up under him to where, you know, they open it up a little bit. So, um, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know what kind of injury he has. Um, but you know, I think it's something uh, lower calf injury or quad that, injury. Oh, that plus forty bug, man! All of us done had it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But um, I, I just think that you know it's slowly catching up with him, and um, you know that offensive line is not as good as it used to be because you know they got some people that are out. So um, you know the injury bug has not struck them like they struck a majority of teams this season. So um, it's really you know they could. As long as the injuries don't, you know, hit them too hard, you know, right now, you know, they're still doing their thing. So we'll see what happens. Okay. They're definitely still cruising along. So, 
Alright. Let's see. We got Minnesota 38, Philadelphia 20. The Vikings up their record 4-2. The Eagles dropped to 3-3. Three three. 66,000 people at U.S. Bank Stadium witnessed this game. And um, it was... I guess a kind of entertaining game up until about the third quarter. At one point, it was uh, 24 to 20 with six minutes left in the third quarter. And then the Vikings kind of pulled away at that point. Um, let's see. Kirk Cousins was 22 for 29, 333, four touchdowns, an interception, and a sack. Dalvin Cook, uh, excuse me, Alexander Madison. Um, had 63 yards rushing to lead everybody. Stephon Diggs went off, seven catches, 167 yards, and three touchdowns. On the other side, Carson Wentz was 26 of 40, 302, two touchdowns, an interception, and two sacks. Um, Jordan Howard had 49 yards rushing, and Miles Sanders had 86 yards receiving and a touchdown. So, Eminem, what did you see in this game? What do you think Minnesota did? that kind of stopped you all and what could you all not stop them from doing? Uh, well, actually, everybody with a name actually kind of showed up this game. Uh, Thielen, of course, Diggs just destroyed Rasul Douglas. I mean, God damn. And, uh, and you know, when Davin Cook and I, I forgot the, the backup running back name, he even did pretty good. So, actually, when I was looking at that man, I was sitting up here like, damn, you know, it almost, they look like how, when we hitting on all cylinders, that's what we look like. You know, the, 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 we, we hitting you in multiple directions, and it's like they were like on all cylinders. Now, of course, you know, we could have played um, a, a lot better to me on offense. One of the biggest things was I didn't think we ran it enough because, we are. We have to play different. I'm. Well, I'm starting to realize. I always knew it, but I'm starting to really just totally understand it now. That we can't just that the offense doesn't run the same way Wentz that it did with Foles. With 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 with, with Wentz, he's better when we run it more and kind of let him almost catch you off guard or some shit like that. You know, but uh. Uh, I, I don't think we utilized the short game enough. A uh, couple of miscues. I know, I think it was in the third quarter. Uh, uncharacteristically, Dallas Goddard, like the ball, like just hit him like almost right on the sternum plate. And that probably would have generated a first down. Um, Wentz had, a, you know, one or two overthrows. Uh, couldn't connect one time. We, you know, should have been a pass interference one time. Um, when Aguilar went deep. So little things like that in a game that's kind of tight makes a big difference. Um, of course, you know, with, with, with Deshaun, when we see him in the playoffs, it'll, it'll be different because the same thing they did to us, then we'll kind of just start that pick your parts and stuff. But I can't take nothing away from the Vikings. Their defense is still a lot better than what I thought. I mean, I don't think it's as good as it was three years ago, but they still are a formative defense, and you you know, you can't play them weak, but their offense was hitting on all cylinders, and Davin Cook is making a huge difference, because like I say, her cousin didn't look like this last year. 
against nobody. But the chemistry he's starting to build in the offense, uh, like I say, Rasul Douglas didn't make it, you know, really a challenge for Stephon Diggs. I mean, Diggs, is, he can pretty much, he's an athlete, but I'm talking about, man, he was almost like, damn, man, am I looking at a damn college coverage or what? You know, you get lost and shit, but, uh, uh, but even on the quick outs and stuff, you know, to the to the backs and stuff, it was like sometimes they'll tear off 15 to 20 yards. And then, like I say, at one point the game started tightening up, but, you know, it wasn't quite enough because we never managed to just stop the offense. And then the Vikings protected the football. They really didn't uh, turn the ball over. So things like that make a big difference too. So um, I don't know if the Vikings are for real. Because that's the first time I've really seen them play and just, you know, just really watched them. But um, I, I've i seen I've seen this story before. I've seen this shit happen in Washington where Kirk Cousins uh, looked like, you know, this is his team and everybody's rallying with him. And then, you know, so, you know, um, uh, the, the Vikings as a whole, seem to be heading in the right direction, but I'm still not sold on Kirk Cousins because, like, we all done seen him do this shit before. And then two weeks from now, it's like, damn, what happened? So maybe not this time. But us, you know, we just got to get healthy, uh, fully healthy. We're we starting to get there. Um, but, um, but like I said, I, I, you know, I can't take nothing away from them. You know, they they won the game, you know. But, uh, but uh like I say, we, we see the ass in the playoffs. It's going to be different. Totally different. All right. And I believe Ray just joined. Ray, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, Q? What's up, Cubs? I don't know what's on, but what's up, Bump? What's up, Ray? Got Ray and Jersey joining the show. We'll move on to the next game. Houston 31, Kansas City 24. Both teams are now 4-2. As 73,000 in Arrowhead Stadium saw their team lose again, um, the score was 20 to 20. I'm sorry, the score was 23 to 17 at the half in favor of Houston. And um, they were able to hold on to the 31 24 victory. Houston had 35 first downs and 192 yards rushing. Uh, Kansas City had 20 first downs and 53 yards rushing. Houston also had 39 minutes time of possession. Deshaun Watson was 30 of 42, 280, a touchdown, two interceptions. Um, Carlos Hyde had 116 yards rushing and a touchdown. And Darren Fells had six catches for 69 yards. Pat Mahomes was 19 of 35. 273, three touchdowns, an interception, and a sack, and a fumble. LaShawn McCoy had 44 yards rushing on eight carries. And Tyreek Hill, five catches, 80 yards, and two touchdowns in his return to the game, to the um, the team. And Ray, um, Kansas City's dropped a couple in a row. Uh, do you think Kansas City is just sliding, or is Houston better than a lot of people give them credit for no, I mean, Houston is a good football team, but I think over the last two years we've seen this before. You know, will they take the next step or will they 
do things like this and then, you know, end up losing as they did the last two years. But um, Kansas City, I think their main problem is Pat Mahomes is, has the injured ankle. I watched more of this game than I did any of the others this week. And, I mean, another thing is the Kansas City defense. Carlos Hyde just carved them up. And, you know, of course, Watson played well. And I think Mahomes played well. But once he got that ankle tweak, you know, it was harder for him to to make the plays that he would normally make. I don't necessarily think that they're in trouble. But anytime you lose two in a row, especially if you are a considered elite team, it's time to to express caution about it. So, I mean, Houston is a good team. They easily win 11 games or so. But the question is, are they able to go up against the big dog teams and come out on top? Sunday they did. But, you know, I, I think it, it's um, they still got a ways to go. I mean, Watson is young, so... I believe once Brady's time is up, it's up for grabs for all these young boys that that's really doing it right now. You know, Phil Rivers ain't going to do nothing. Big Ben on his way out. So it's going to be Mahomes or it's going to be Watson going forward, more than likely, after uh, Tom Brady is done. So I think it's a little bit of both. Houston is a, is a very good team. And the Patriots, I mean, um, the Chiefs are a good team as well, but they defense is lacking and Pat Mahomes is injured. Okay. Alright. And um, Buck, when you look at the, the Texans, uh, Carlos Hyde has been a really nice pickup for them. You know, they got Duke Johnson and everybody thought Duke Johnson was going to be the starter at one time um, after injuries and all, but Carlos Hyde has come in and he's taken over this team. How important is a running game to Deshaun Watson to keep him keeping him upright? Oh, it's, it's crucial. Um, I, I think that's that's the that's the difference and the reason why Deshaun Watson is playing better. Um, they're all, you know now that they got it, they've established a running game and they can depend on it. Man, it's keeping it's keeping Deshaun Watson fresh. You know he he has time. You know once the running game develops. He's got time to, you know, run the play-action pass. And, you know, he's able to do it from an upright position instead of running for his life like they have been. Now, and plus, you know, they, you know, you know, they're staying healthy. I mean, health, health is the most important thing on any team right now because most teams are just not – they're just not healthy right now. So, um, as long as they can stay healthy, the running game can stay potent, Deshaun Watson can stay upright – and this team's going to be formidable. Um, but we can go back to what Indianapolis did to Kansas City. That kind of exposed Kansas City a little bit. Now, I know he tweaked his ankle in this game. But the one thing that Kansas City needs to do is run the football more. You got Shady McCoy over there that's, that's running, you know, that's still in really good shape and got plenty of tread left on those tires. And I know Patrick Mahomes can do a lot of different things. But he's doing a little bit too much now. So I think, you know, with this little bit of exposure from Indianapolis, teams, you know, other teams copy. You might want to start running the football a little bit more. You got a good running back. Let's run, you know, let's run the ball a little bit more and 
Kansas City will be all right. They're gonna have to do some. They're gonna have to tweak some things for Patrick in these upcoming weeks because if they lose one more, you know, you know, they're catching up with that mid pack. So I think they need to run the football a little bit more. But taking nothing away from Houston, they did a good job and they got you know they got the job done. And Watson's starting to shine a little bit. You know, he might, you know, a couple more wins for Sean Watson. We might be putting him up there in that MVP race. All right. Well, we'll move on. Let's see. The Jets, 24. Dallas, 22. The Jets uh, get their first win of the year. Dallas goes to 3-3. Three and three. The Jets are 1-4. 78,000 people witnessed this at MetLife Stadium. As the Jets jumped out to a 21-3 lead and were able to hold on 24-22. Let's see. Uh, looking at the statistics, and everything was fairly even as far as first downs. Cowboys had more rushing yards. The Jets had 50 more passing yards. The total yards was about even. The Jets had a turnover. Both teams had a number of penalties. The Jets had eight. The Cowboys had nine. Um, and the time of possession was fairly even, but the difference was two points. As Sam Darnold came, comes back, Sam Darnold, the kissing bandit, was 23 of 32, 338 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and sacked twice. Le'Veon Bell had 50 yards rushing and a touchdown. Robbie Anderson had 125 yards. Receiving and a touchdown, 92 on one play. On the other side, Dak Prescott, 28 for 40, 277, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a pick. Zeke Elliott had 105 yards rushing and a touchdown. And Tavon Austin led the way receiving, which you let you know what kind of day they had when Tavon Austin lead. Uh, five catches, 64 yards. And Eminem... Based on what you saw, man, uh, in between you laughing, what did you think of this game? <laughs> man, I, I, I thought it was uh, poorly executed. Um, it, oh, hold on, hold on. So, so, shut up. But, man, just from drops alone from Gallup, that probably would have made the difference in at least getting maybe two field goals out of the thing, even if it didn't, you know, turn to a touchdown. Um, now, the Jets clearly benefited from having, you know, having Donald, you know, back. And and, um, and they had the big uh, – I can't remember really think of this, this receiver's name uh, with the Jets. Had the big – you know, yeah, had the, had that big score. That, that kind of, you know, got the Jets' mojo up, but, but – what I didn't understand at all is, you know, of course, I'm always going to be biased toward the running back, but why did Zeke not get the ball more? Because I swear it looked like on probably the first five times he got the ball, it looked like the dude was getting anywhere from eight to ten yards. I'm saying if you're running like that, you got to just keep – I mean, like, obviously – there's some weakness somewhere. Keep giving the man the ball, you know. Um, defensively, from what I've seen, you know, the Jets, they seem to um, 
capitalize on um, Zeke, I mean not Zeke, Dak holding that ball a little long. It seemed like he was more tentative. I don't know if he was uh, just felt more pressure or what, but I did notice that he didn't look as, as, as sharp with his release because the first couple games of the season, it seemed like he was um, he was uh, getting rid of that ball a lot faster than what he did Sunday. You know, maybe it's just an illusion or whatever because he he had some big shots. I'm talking about this dude took some. He took some that uh, kind of took you back to them Titan McNair days, man. And so if you take shots like that and you get the damn ball off, if the ball, if I'm getting popped like that, and it, it didn't happen every time he got popped, but a couple times he got popped, man, you better kiss this damn ball because I'm getting my ass killed. You better kiss this damn ball, man. So um, I know y'all got some 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 injuries and stuff. So all that stuff matters, like Buck said, you know, with any NFL team, you know, uh, health matters a lot. And that's one of the things that, you know, that make it seem like I'm always kind of hating on the Patriots, but I kind of envy envy uh, their division for the most part because one thing about it, when you're getting beat up by formidable teams week in, week out, it makes it a little harder to, you know, be successful because you more than likely are not going to be healthy through the whole season. But uh, uh, the Jets, they look, you know, they, they did look a lot improved. I'm going from one side of the house to the other, this fucking dog. Go from one side to the other. Because, uh, man, I go through my boy. Radar seen the plenty I can go through my garage door, go through my kitchen, come out and go to the back. And it's like, I don't know how to describe I'm going to go back to the backyard and see what happens. But uh, <laughs> the, the Jets, you know, you know, it seemed like. Now, what I didn't understand about the Jets is why they didn't take. They didn't let Le'Veon run the ball more. I think that they could have uh, kind of gave him the ball more because one thing about it, when you play in a team like Dallas, a team that, that, you know, even though Dak is not nowhere close to being a breeze or nothing like that, but at any time, Dallas can generate big plays. So when you putting that knob, lop on their head, go ahead and just kind of control the clock a little more, you know, and – uh, now that what the Jets didn't utilize. Now they didn't have to pay for it because they still ended up winning. But I think that was the the biggest coaching miscue that I picked up from that game was uh, to me. You know, Le'Veon, you get a lead on a team with a healthy, strong quarterback and all kind of athletes like Cooper and them. And you know, when when they decide to you know turn it on, uh, they even seen something that I guess kind of. Was let you know what kind of day Dallas had. Shit, I seen, I seen uh, 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 we didn't drop a, a ball that was pretty much wide open. I was like, damn, I ain't never seen this motherfucker drop a ball. Uh, but um, you know, but the Jets they got a they got a long way to go. But you know, it was a good win. Of course, that win helped us out since <laughs> we you know let one slide. But uh. They're going to have to understand when you're playing certain teams, man, you don't have Le'Veon there for, for decoration. You know what I'm saying? Man, you got to – oh, I forgot how much his contract is, but you got to let him earn that shit. Give him the damn ball. You score six points, it's time to start running that shit, man, because y'all ain't that type of team yet. 
you know. Yeah, they, you know, they did the, the herky jerk and got a big play out of it and stuff like that. But now, nah, Sam Darnold, he yeah. mean shit, man. Come on, dude. You know, y'all, y'all can't open up on him like that. You know, be conservative, run that damn ball. You know, make make teams have to earn their way back in. So they keep playing like that. You know, they're gonna get their ass beat. I, I I give the Jets credit for what they did. Um, Dallas doesn't normally give up big plays, but they gave up the biggest play of that game. The 92 yarder, um, and that came after Dallas went for a fourth, fourth and goal, which I felt like they should have kicked it. But um, and then when they, I felt like they should have gone for it. He decided to try to kick it and end up missing that one. But um, from what I saw, despite the injuries, I thought that Dallas should have won this game. Uh, the team right now doesn't. The defense. The defense is good, all right, but they're, they're overrunning plays right now. They're a little too aggressive, but they're aggressive in a, like a speed kind of way as far as they're overrunning plays. They're not aggressive as far as being physical. Outside of Robert Quinn, I'm not seeing any really just physicality out of the team. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence can't get a sack right now, you know, and you would think with Robert Quinn – doing what he's been doing. I think Robert Quinn has um, three games in a row with at least a set and uh, maybe four. But uh, you think DeMarcus Lawrence would be able to get loose on the other side and he, he's not doing it. And the DBs are still young, so, I mean, I guess that is what it is. Byron Jones went down. I don't know if he's going to play Sunday. That's going to hurt. Jeff Heath is uh, – Normally a physical safety, but he hadn't really been hitting anybody this go around. And the they can't seem to force turnovers, too. You play a bad team like the Jets, you're supposed to be able to get turnovers. They only got one, but they have got to figure out a way to get turnovers because a bend-don't-break defense is good, but you got to be able to make plays when it counts. And I'm not sure why Dallas gets behind the way they do. When you think back to the playoff game against the Rams last year, they got behind and got back in it. They always get back in it. But the thing about it is it's always too little too late. And I put that on coaching. It's something they're doing that's preventing them. I think they come out too conservative maybe. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, they had some bad plays early on with Michael Gallup had like three drops and Jason Witten, like Eminem said, had a drop. And you got to put that on the players. But, um, I mean, they're going to have to figure something out to stop starting so slowly, you know, and letting these teams get these lead on them and then try to do it all in the third and make it up. So I don't know. But uh, Jason Garrett got to figure it out because, you know, it is his job on the line because he's in the last year of his contract. So, but a so very Sunday might be the last game, huh? Say <laughs> so what now? Sunday might be Jason Garrett's last game. <laughs> <laughs> they got rumors he might get fired in the bye week. So if he loses Sunday, I mean, I don't know if I believe those rumors. I don't. Jason Garrett, man, um, Jerry Jones normally doesn't fire people in the middle of the season. Now he fired Wade Phillips in the middle of the season because the Cowboys just flat out stopped playing. They weren't even competitive. But uh, who knows? What goes around I comes around. Doing that to, to Jason Garrett, though. I don't. I don't see it happening. I, uh, this is the this is the plan that I believe they will go with. 
I don't care if Dallas do every game they play after this. I think Lincoln Riley is going to be his guy. And, you know, Jerry, hey, how's everything going? You know, when you're talking to a guy like that, man, he got the money. So he can get shit. If he won't make saving, he can get him. You know, he got the money. But, you know, I don't think he would do all Jason Garrett like that in the middle of the season or whatever. But they, you know he on his last year, so they just let him ride out into the sunset and do something different. Yeah. I, I, I think that's probably how it's going to happen. And then they'll, he'll give Lincoln Riley a call and, and go from there. Um, but Jason Garrett, anything short of the of the Super Bowl, he's going he's going to end up being a free agent <laughs> coach, and I, I'm not sure exactly how valuable he is as a coach as far as who will want him. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. So. All right. They might they uh, might get him in Miami. <laughs> well, well, yeah. I feel bad for Brian Flores because I. I feel like there ain't no way he can win with what's going on down there. <laughs> so. All right. Pittsburgh 24, Los Angeles Chargers 17. Both teams are now 2 and 4. They have the attendance listed at 25,000 at Capri Sun Stadium. Um, the Steelers jumped out to. A 24 nothing lead, and that's all they needed as they held on to take care of the Chargers, who looked lethargic. And the Chargers had more first downs. They had more passing yards, twice as many passing yards. Had more total yards, but they also had more penalties. Eight penalties, 74 yards that hurt them, and they lost the time of possession battle 35 minutes to 25. Uh, Phillip Rivers was 26 of 44, 320 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, and a sack and a fumble. Melvin Gordon had 18 yards rushing, and Hunter Henry had 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns. For the Steelers, Devlin Hodge debuted. Hodges, he had 15 for 20, 132 yards, a touchdown interception, and an interception. Uh, Benny Snell has 75 yards rushing and James Conner has 78 yards receiving and a touchdown so the receivers really weren't much of a factor in Pittsburgh but it didn't look like they needed them to be so Buck you are able to squeeze out this win man what did you think about what happened and what's your impression of Devlin Hodges who may actually play again Sunday Yeah, I mean, we got the job done this week. I mean, it was it was kind of funny watching this game because um, when they showed the picture of the game at the beginning, I figured there was going to be a few Steel fans there, but not that damn man. We took the whole damn stadium. Um, so that kind of helped us as well, you know, um, having that many fans show up for the game. But, you know, Hodges did what he needed to do to get the job done. Um, the defense stepped up. But the injuries are killing us. I mean, we we got so many injuries now. We lost two in the game early, and um, but Alulu showed up and did did a real good job um, stepping in for Stefan to it, and uh, we were able to get you know able to get the W. Um, you know, we just need to. It was a very poorly officiated game. Now, 
in our game, fortunately for us, we did enough to get the victory. But, um, you know, these officials have to do a better job of officiating these games. Um, they just flat out miss calls. Um, and it's just, it, you know, it costs other teams their games um, this week because the officials, are, they just, they're just garbage. You know, I just think they're confused on what to call and what not to call. Um, it just, I don't, I've never seen so many missed face mask calls in all my days. Um, you know, they just got to do a better job of officiating. But it didn't cost us anything. Um, back off on both sides of the ball that they just flat out missed, and that it was just ridiculous. But um, in other, but other than that, we did enough to get the job done. But we got to, we have to heal up. I'm glad we got the bye week because, good gracious, I mean, we got so many people on injury, so many stars on injury reserve. It's just uh, unreal. We hadn't seen this many injuries in in quite some time. So um, and that's um, that kind of pays. You know, run the reasons why we're losing. But um, I think with Hodges, Rudolph coming back, I think we're going to be all right. And I still think we got a chance to win this division. Um, I know a lot of people don't think that, but I think we do. So we got plenty of guys, next man up mentality. We got to get it done. So I, the middle part of our schedule is not that bad. So I think we can bounce back and have a winning record here before too long. So. We did. We had a pretty nice showing, and we enjoyed the game. All right, Ray. Ray, what's wrong with the Chargers, man? The Chargers do this to us every year. Yeah, they probably go on a run, make a playoff run, or something like that. But why is it that this franchise seems so inconsistent? Oh man, I don't know, man. Because I, I uh. I like Phillip Rivers from his days in college and everything. I still think, you know, he throw one of the greatest balls that ever been thrown in the league. It's just, I mean, he got two good running backs. Uh, Hunter Henry is a good up-and-coming tight end. I mean, coming off injury. Keenan Allen is, uh, to be the most underrated wide receiver in football. So uh, I don't, I don't understand why these guys can't, get it done and then on defense you know they got Bosa and, and uh, Ingram and all that you know Derwin James you just don't know why they can't put it all together you know it's been several coaches it's been general, general managers all the way back to LaDainian Thompson days I just don't know why they can't um, get over the hump but um, I don't know I mean I picked the Chargers to win this game, and I thought that, you know, they was going to, you know, come out and, and show something. Melvin Gordon was back, you know. I figured they going to ease him into it, but, you know, that change up of back, I thought was going to, you know, cause a few problems. But, you know, Pittsburgh had one of the best defenses in the league, so they was stuffing a lot of shit they was doing, but... I don't know why they, they just can't put it together. I mean, I watched this team one week. It looked like, oh, man, the Chargers, like, they're going to be a problem this year. Then you watch the next two, three weeks, you're like, man, they ain't shit. And, you know, they go on a little run, and then, you know, they look like a completely different team. There'd be four different teams in the season, and it looked like it's going to go that way again. So, you know, I feel bad that Phillip Rivers probably never going to get a chip. 
but he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I mean, he got almost 60,000 yards now. By the time he hang him up, he may have 70,000 yards. So, you know, you got to gotta respect that. So, you know, it ain't meant for everybody to get a ring. So, you know, you got to consider the plans, you know, in Brady's era and everything else. But, um, you know, coming out of our division, I'm glad that really they not having success. Not that, you know, we, we were stopping them years ago, but maybe this year we have a chance to stop them. So we'll see. Okay. Yeah, he might go down like Dan Fouts and never make it to a Super Bowl. So, all right. 49ers 20, the Rams 7. 49ers go to 5-0. and The Rams drop to 3-3. Three and three. 75,000 people at Los Angeles Memorial Stadium uh, witnessed this defense that the 49ers have. They held the Rams to 10 first downs and 157 total yards. Um, they outpossessed them 38 minutes to 21. And they really just made the Rams look bad. Jerry Goff was 13 of 24, 78 yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. Four sacks and a fumble. Malcolm Brown had 40 yards rushing. And Tyler Higby had 25 yards receiving. Jimmy Garoppolo was 24 of 33 for 243 yards, no touchdowns, an interception, and a sack. And excuse me, two sacks and a fumble. Tevin Coleman had 45 yards rushing. And George Kittle, 103 yards receiving on eight catches. And Eminem, the 49ers, um, I, I guess, you know, they had their early bye week. And so they've been kind of flying under the radar for a lot of people. But I believe they got everyone's attention at this point. Eminem, you still there? All right, Buck, I'll go to you. Um, what do you think about the 49ers and their run so far this season? Man, the 49ers are for real. I mean, you can definitely see that these um, that these guys are you – know, they're doing it big every week, week in, week out. The defense is there. The offense is there. Jimmy McGraw, the flow is Um Running the running game looks good. I mean, and the kicking game looks good. I mean, all three players, 49ers are for real. Um, and the way they dismantled the Rams, of course, the Rams have been playing good the last couple of weeks. They, I mean, they're decent. They really, them guys, useless. I mean, they just got it done. So, I mean, anybody that's playing the 49ers right now, I think right now, you know, arguably, I mean, I know what Seattle is doing. But I, I think they might even be a little bit better than Seattle. And that's hard for me to say right now with the way that uh, Wilson's playing at the MVP level. But, man, the 49ers are going to give people hell. And they're doing it week in, week out. Okay. Uh, Eminem, what do you think about the 49ers? But uh, what do you think is wrong with them? Because to me, their offense is a huge problem. Well, I I think they almost got the same problem that that, that Dallas has, in my opinion, is the coach and the quarterback. 
you know, everybody McVay this, McVay that. But I think that the league is catching up to him. And they thought, well, he's going to change this, he's going to change that. Well, we're going to see. Because he created golf and made golf into a much better player and got golf for all his money. You got to give me more than that for $107 million guaranteed. That man wrote him a check for $107 million. You got to give me something more than that. 78 yards? Shit, man, you can get a, 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 a community college quarterback can get you 78 yards. You might have to throw it 50 times to get it, but he can get it. Now, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, the, the Rams have defensive problems. But to go out and get Ramsey and give up that much for Ramsey. I mean, you know, I like Jalen Ramsey. I think Jalen Ramsey is a great player. But two first-round picks and a fourth? You realize they haven't had a first-round pick. It's going to be five years by the time this thing is over. 2017, I believe, was the golf trade. Then 2018, it was Brandon Cooks. And then somebody else in 2019. And now they're getting ready to get these picks up for Jalen Ramsey. If Ramsey was to fix all their problems, that would be one thing. Man, I thought we had a chance to maybe get Ramsey for giving up one of our first-round picks. But you want two and then something else? To me, Ramsey's a great player, but he ain't on that Khalil Mack level. Not in my opinion. Now, I, I still don't think it... Although it's an upgrade from Marcus Peters, to me you gave up too much. And, you know, I don't know where they go from here. You could throw all your chips in and say we're going for it this year. But the problem the Rams got, they got a Seattle problem. They got a San Francisco problem. They got a Green Bay problem. I mean, there's several problems out there for them. And... You give up draft picks and different. If this boy was in his second year and playing like this, you say, well, all right, we give up the picks to get him. Y'all going to have to pay Jalen Ramsey. And now he got the leverage because you don't make him the highest paid corner, he ain't got the sign. You can put a tag on him, what, two years, and then he gone. Nothing you could do when you gave up all that capital. So either you make him the highest paid or you don't. But the Rams, I think their biggest problem is is the quarterback and the head coach. I mean, they did a lot of good things. I mean, he got a lot of full jobs. Everybody. Man, you even fit the profile. I mean, they, they want to give you something. And the thing about it is, is nothing solves you like the NFL defense. And I think they have caught up to the Rams. We'll see. They try to blame all this shit on Gurley and all that. When girly playing, girly playing well. Scoring touchdowns, getting a good average, everything else. But they want to put all this shit on girly, man. We want to say the running back, oh, the girly deal was a horrible deal. How's the hard, terrible deal? You all pro and you got all these touchdowns, scoring and everything else. I think that's a disrespect to Ty Gurley. And you see without girly, golf don't look like the same player. So we'll see. But. Those are the issues that I think are facing the Rams right now. They're going to be third in their own division. Well, they better figure something out. Um, 
because they just seem to be going the wrong way on things for somebody who just made a trip to the Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, so as far as some of the other games that happened, uh, Carolina beat Tampa Bay. And if uh, Cam Newton's healthy, uh, do you go back to Cam Newton or do you keep um, Kyle Allen? Whoever wants to answer this. <laughs> you don't go back to Cam Newton. You keep no, what you got. I'm going to Kyle you know. Allen. Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen all the way. On the football, he's more consistent. And he ain't wearing no women's clothes in the locker room. Kyle Allen. <laughs> all, right. all the way, all day, all That's the way, sad. all day. Because Cam Newton he's dressing like a girl, and he's playing like one too. So the best thing for him to do is sit his ass down and and get completely healthy, and um, then go from there. I mean, so uh, I think I think Cam Newton's days are done as far as them. All right, now as far as, um, let's see, Washington and Miami and the Tank Bowl, uh, did you agree with Miami's call to go for two? And what did you think of the play they called? Tell me. Oh, they, who oh they, they, they do this. This is what they did. I think they told that brother to go down there and tank and lose as many football games as you can lose. Because he wasn't playing for no tie. He's trying to play for the win, knowing damn well it's a chance that it might not work. And, you know, hey, that, that, that's all a, a plan in, in, my, in my opinion, you know. So I think these guys, they're they, they trying to lose out on purpose. And i tell you all another thing. I don't think that all. Uh, what's this boy name for for Washington? He's from Jersey. I should remember his name. The quarterback. I don't think he's going to play one more Haskins. year in Washington. Yeah, Haskins. I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be just like Josh Rosen. They going to ship him out of there. Y'all watch it, and we'll see what happens. But I think if they got a chance at one of these top four quarterbacks, they going to get one of them. And they going to have a shot at them because Washington ain't shit. All right. And uh, let's see. Saints defense held the Jaguars at six points. So the Saints are still rolling. Seattle came back and beat Cleveland. And so, uh, you know, I see a lot of Baker Mayfield commercials, but um, I ain't seeing no W's. But I do think, um, I don't know, I don't like their coach. I don't think Kitchens is a good coach. That's just me. Uh, Arizona got a win over the Falcons. And, man, at what point do you have to look at the Falcons coach and say, dude, you got to go? Right now, um, the Falcons coaches, I mean, this is the thing. You always you always got a question. When you change the coordinator every season or every other season, um, that, that poses a problem. Um, he's been there for a while. I think he, I think he's been there what five years, six years, something like that. I can't remember how long he's been there. You may have to look that up. But um, in any event, um, 
he's changed coordinator just about every season or every other season. So you can't really learn a system. They got the talent. There's no question about it. It's just they're not getting it done. And, you know, they got a new coordinator this year. So, you know, it's just, you know, Arthur Blink Blink's probably not going to fire a coach. He doesn't seem like one to fire one during the season. But, you know, you really got to start looking at what's going on down there. They don't have any injuries. That's it. You know, when you don't have any injuries, that, that just really, really looks bad. So, yeah, they're going to have some changes. Uh, but if he as far as keep his job after the end of the season, he's probably won't. I mean, that fire is ass immediately. They've been in a downward spiral ever since twenty eight to three. And uh, let's see, Denver blanked the Titans sixteen to nothing. Man, a lot of folks coming down on Mariota, but he does not have any time to throw the ball. They have one of the most overpaid and underperforming offensive lines of all time in Tennessee. They just not, they just not blocking for anybody. And, um, oh, man, the Packers and the Lions game. Uh, man, I felt like there were some bad calls in this game. I don't know how you all felt, but Detroit, yeah, if they score touchdowns and they're kicking field goals, they win this game easily. But, man, I still feel like Detroit kind of got, got robbed a little bit uh, did you see the game, and what do you think of the calls of the hands to the face? And this is for whoever wants to answer. Well, the first, the first one he did get, he did great in front of the face mask. That second one was complete garbage. Um, that wasn't the only um, bad call during this game. I mean, there were several of them. Yeah, um, were several calls. missed calls. And I mean, it was just it was some of the worst officiating. Of course, the fish hasn't been bad all year. But this weekend, it was really good for a lot of things. The Cowboy game, it was really bad. Um, it, it was just, just garbage. You know, they're talking about playing 17, 17 games, you know, a 17-week season. Hell, they, can, they can't even get a 16-week season right as far as these games go. These, these referees, it's time for these, these rifles to pay the pipeline. If you don't make a bad call or miss a call, spend his ass for a week without pay. It's just time. And with all the, you know, I don't know what they're going to have to do to make correct calls or maybe they just need to do it from New York or whatever. I don't know what's got to be done to straighten this out. Something's got to be done because at this point, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And for it to cost, you know, the Vikings, I mean, the Lions had plenty of time to win this football game. And, you know, but it's come, it's better to all 30 teams that you get, you can't, you don't only have to beat the play, the team across from you, but you have to beat the refs. Do not put yourself in a situation. That's why it's so important now to go for the juggler early. You snatch the soul, snatch the soul out of the team that you're playing. Therefore, if the referee misses a call or makes a bad call or, or whatever, you ain't got to worry about it because you've already put put them far enough away to the point to where they can't come back. Not even a bad call, and that's the way all all thirty two teams are gonna have to start playing because these these referees are absolute fucking garbage. And Ray, what did you think, man? Yeah, 
yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see the game. I saw parts of it. But the last call, I think, was definitely bullshit, man. I think that um, they, um, it seems like this year, more than, than any other year, if they want the team to win the game, they're going to do everything they can do to help them win the game. And I don't know why that is, but I just think that uh, they need to get control on some of these calls, especially the calls that decide the game. I mean, Trey Flowers had the guy up around the neck, I believe, but I believe that's legal. So, you know, I don't think that it's something that that they should um should have called because it was too too big of a call in the game, and they gave him the game. But in a way, I'm hoping that Green, I'm glad that Green Bay did get the victory because they would have lost. They came out and really opened up a can of whoop ass on us. I mean, we can get some napping now that they won. So we'll see what happens. All right. Okay, so let's take a look at next week. We're going to week seven. Tomorrow, we got Kansas City at Denver. Uh, Ray, what do you think about that one? Kansas City is four and two, and Denver is trying to get back into things, trying to get back into things. They're at two and four. Yeah, they play like they, like they played the last two weeks. Both teams. Denver's going to win that game. So, I... I'm going to take the Denver Broncos here. All right. Buck, you got the 4-2 and two Houston Texans at the 3-2 and two Indianapolis Colts in a battle for first place in the South. Wow, this is, going to be, this is a hard game to pick. Um, I know Indy's at home, and Indy's got a formidable team. They're a really good team, but it ain't good enough to beat Houston. I picked Houston to win and win convincingly in Indianapolis. All right. Ray, Oakland is coming off their bye week at 3-2, and two, and they travel to Green Bay against the 5-1 and one Packers. Man, and I say I, I would wish that, that we could win the game. Uh, we've been playing well lately. But, I mean, the Packers have been playing very good ball, although I think they should have lost Sunday. That um, I'm going to have to pick the pack if I was betting, you know, my uh, who I want to win and who's going to win is always not always the same thing. So I have to pick the Packers. All right. Buck, you have the 0-5 Miami Dolphins against the 4-1 and Invalid option. In Buffalo. Oh. <laughs> uh, Miami winning Buffalo. They're not winning in Yugoslavia. They're not, they're not winning in, in damn Siberia. So, Buffalo be up. All right. Ray, uh, you have the... Two and four Jacksonville Jaguars at the zero and six Cincinnati Bengals. Oh man, I'm gonna have to go with going with the mustache, guarding the miscue. Jacksonville. 
Okay. Uh, Buck. Minnesota. Four and two. Detroit. Two, two and one. Detroit is at home. Minnesota and Detroit. Wow. And you said Detroit's at home? Yeah. Um, I'm going to pick Detroit in this one because they're a little bit angry and a little soft. I mean, I know the Geeks and Thielen are, are balling out, and I really want to Minnesota. I just have a feeling Detroit. When you play with angry, you better. Kind of breaking up on they, they got robbed, so I'm going with the Detroit Lions in the post game. All right. Ray, you have the 2-3-1 and one Arizona Cardinals against Danny Dimes and the 2-4 and four New York Giants in the Meadowlands. Oh, man. I'm gonna pick the Giants on this one. I mean, I like how Kyler's been coming along lately, but the Giants at home, Daniel Jones. I'm gonna pick uh, Giants. All right, Buck. The undefeated five and 49ers travel to DC to battle the one and five Washington Redskins. Redskins gonna be one and six. San Francisco 49ers. Alright. And Ray, the three and three Los Angeles Rams travel to Atlanta to play the one and five Falcons. Man, shit. Well, I've been seeing the Falcons play lately. I gotta I gotta I gotta go with uh with anybody other than the Falcons. But um Nah, I can't take your Falcons. <laughs> that's your answer. I, I can't pick the Falcons. <laughs> no. Unless they play in Washington or Miami, I can't pick the Falcons. I picked the Falcons this past weekend, man. They just let me all kinds of down. <laughs> Dude, that's Miami with the Falcons at this point. All right. So, uh, let's see. Buck, you have the two and four Chargers traveling to Nashville to play the two and four Titans. I'm going with the Chargers in this one because they don't know who the hell. And they, they got, you know, they're using Tannehill at quarterback, which I don't know if it's a smart move. Um, I know that Mariota had a bad game last week, but. I think it's a bad move to put him on the bench right now because Tannehill is not much better than he is, even though they think he is. Um, I got to go with the Chargers here. Okay. Maybe more Chargers fans that show up in Tennessee than they did over there in Tang Stadium. All right. Well, this looks like it's going to be a pretty good game. Ray, you got the 5-1 and one New Orleans Saints traveling to Soldier Field to play the 3-2 and two Bears. Hmm. I'm going to take the Saints. Because I, I think that the Saints have some momentum, although the Bears have defense. I mean, it depends on whether the Bears will be able to get to uh, Teddy Bridgewater. If they do, the Bears will win. If they don't, 
Saints will win. Alright. And Buck, you have the 4-2 and two Baltimore Ravens traveling to the Pacific Northwest to play the 5-1 and one Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. Uh, I know they've got a good, good team, but Seattle is much better, and you ain't whooping them at the house. And uh, I know the Ravens are one of those teams that they can pretty much win anywhere, but they're going to get their ass whooped again. Seattle's going to put them things up. Okay. All right. And I'll take this one. Philadelphia at Dallas. Uh, Shoot. Man, I gotta go. With, I gotta go with Philly in this one. I hate to because I know they're not. I know they're not playing well either, but I just think they're playing better than Dallas. And uh, so I'm gonna go with Philadelphia in this one, man. I ain't winning trip. All right, I'm going with them too. Monday night, nobody ask you. Monday, <laughs> Monday night. Got the. The six and zero New England Patriots going up against the up and coming one and four New York Jets. Buck, who you got? Man, New England going to the first game. I'm going with the Jets, homie. I'm going. I'm going with the uh, modern new play. I just do. I think the Jets um, surprise them. I think you know it's just time for it's time for New England to get a loss. I know the common sense says. Go with, go with New England, and you know, typically I think they win this game. You know, they should win this game. But I just have, you know, when you get that feeling, just like I got that feeling that Kansas City was going to lose a couple of weeks ago. I got that feeling about the Jets in in New England this time. I I, I just think the Jets going to pull it out. I'm going with the Jets over New England. All right, Ray, what are you thinking that game? Yeah, um, you say where they playing at? The Meadowlands. Yeah, I'm gonna have to take off. I'm gonna take the jet too, because they gotta lose sooner or later. And I think this is a game with even guys playing defense for the Jets and Sam Darnold coming in, you know, hungry and you know, young. I think they can catch the Patriots napping. I don't think they'll beat them by much. Might be twenty three to twenty two, but I think they're gonna win the game. All right. All right, well that's gonna do it for next week. See if I can find some who am I's. Uh see if I can come across some of those. I'd actually forgotten to look earlier, so see if I can come across a couple of them. And um, then we'll get into a little podcast discussion. And we'll talk about, um, I know we'll talk about LeBron and China. Invalid option. We'll get into that for a second. And let's see. All right, y'all ready? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I am a six foot one, two hundred and eighteen pound quarterback, drafted in the second round in nineteen ninety five, 
out of Colorado by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who am I? Oh, uh, Cordell Stewart. Cordell Stewart, aka Slash. Forty-seven Damn years old. Right. <laughs> he was forty-eight and thirty-four as a starting quarterback. So, all right, let's see. Mama give y'all a couple of blasts from the past today. Might be a couple of them might be kind of difficult. So y'all want to be ready for that. Alright, next one. I am a six foot five, two hundred and eighty-nine pound defensive end slash linebacker. Turns fifty-eight years old. Drafted in the first round in nineteen eighty-five, number four overall. By the Minnesota Vikings out of Pittsburgh. Who am I? Oh man, um, damn. Oh, uh, what's my man name? Guy with all 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 the sacks. Not John Randall, but the other guy. A hundred and fifty and a half sacks. Yeah, the other guy. I I, I can see him. Uh, uh Mike Mike Dole Dole Dolan the Dole. Uh, Christopher John Dolan. Chris Dolan Dolan yeah. Yeah, that's it. Two-time All-Pro, Hall of Famer. Had 21 sacks in 1989. All right. I am a 6'5", 245-pound tight end. Drafted in the fifth round out of Livingston in 1991 by the New England Patriots. Who am I? Oh, Ben Coates? Ben Terrence Coates Jr. Man, I used to kill with Ben Coates on Tech Mobile. Hell yeah. <laughs> Last one. I am a 5'11", 193-pound kicker, 60 years old, drafted in the seventh round by the Buffalo Bills in 1982 out of Syracuse. But I played a majority of my years, 13 years, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who am I? Oh, man. Norm Johnson. Nope. I forgot about Norm Johnson. Yeah, with the Steelers. Damn, I don't even know no kicker from the Steelers. It's famous. He was four-time pro bowler, one-time all-pro. He wore number one. I know who it is. I just can't get. get he also get, um, Minnesota Vikings for about five years. Gary, 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 Gary Allen. Gary Allen. Ready to that. Man. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you see that. Too, right? so that's gonna do I, it for this. I don't remember what the <laughs> yeah, he played there like 13 years in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. 80s, 90s. yeah. Okay. Good kicker, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a good kicker. He, he missed when they went 15 to 1 that year, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. It was so surprising when he missed. Yeah. So, all yeah. right. Well, that's going to do it for this part of zone coverage. I want to thank everyone for listening. You can go to talktoq.com and sign up for the email newsletter. 
And that way you'll have the podcast drop right into your inbox every single time it airs. Everyone have a good night. Peace out. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? We got something to prove tonight, and we start the whole fucking thing off. Hell, be anything move, we not out. Let's go. I am the greatest. Go play intramurals, brother. They are who we thought they were. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You play to win. Do you have any questions? I got a question. You got any excuses tonight, Roy? Playoffs? What are you about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. But we talking about practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice?